right. Welcome in. Welcome back to a new era of Notre Dame football has begun in the form of the Freeman Factor edition of the Always Irish Show. Let's go! Yes! Yes! Let's go! You can find the program on YouTube. Do hit subscribe if you haven't already. I'd appreciate that. Give the video a thumbs up if you approve of its content upon its completion. Emails, always irishnd at gmail.com. I'm definitely backed up on emails this week. Just like I'm backed up on sleep and work, I'm backed up on returning emails too. Sorry, it's, it's been chaotic. I will get to you though. Audio only, anywhere you want it, you can get it. Always Irish Radio, 312-988-15. In a few days, we're going to do another call-in show. Went great earlier this week. We're going to do another one soon. The last one was, what do you want Notre Dame to do? Now Notre Dame's done something, and I want your reaction. More information on that soon. So, today's show is going to be a little different than most that I do. Rather than a flow with an outline that's predictable and all that, I am very simply going to hit on some key bullet points that I think are important as we all take inventory of what's happened this week, most notably the last 24 hours. There has been so much information, so much to digest. I have just been keeping notes of what's standing out to me that I want to bring to you. And that's what we're going to do today. I got a bunch of bullet points with everything going on. I'm going to breeze through them and I want to know what you guys think. Okay. So here's the first thing. We are going to start this show with a statement coming straight from my heart. As we sit today. On the verge of the Marcus Freeman Notre Dame era. This is the most optimistic I've ever been in my life about the trajectory and upside potential of this program. I, full disclosure, I am 37 years old. Therefore, I do not remember 88. I was alive for it, but I don't remember it. Therefore, this right now, as we sit, is the pinnacle for me. I have never felt more optimistic about the direction of this program in my life. Okay? Now, I, among Notre Dame media, podcasters, YouTubers, have forever been labeled the glass half-empty guy. I own that. And I own it Proudly, because what some people call glass half empty with Notre Dame, I call looking at reality, calling it how you see it, but whatever. So for me, known as the podcaster, the YouTuber for Notre Dame, that's always going to air on the bad side. For me to say this and make this statement, I do not throw that around lightly. I never would. And if you've been here for my show over the years, you know that. I love this program with all my heart, but nobody's harder on it than I am, okay? I don't throw it around lightly when I say this is the best I've ever felt about the program ever, ever in my lifetime, and I mean it. Notre Dame is cool. 
for once. It's cool. It's modern. It's hip. It's got a new vibe, a young energy. Okay. That is a foreign concept to Notre Dame football. This is exactly what we need. Exactly. Exactly what we need. So let's get into this a bit more. In the end, I can make the case that this is a really good ending and everybody wins. Everybody wins in this scenario. Think about it. Kelly wanted out. He's out. Went and got all of his money and crawfish or whatever down there. I don't know. He wanted out. He's out. We wanted Freeman. He's in. Reese wanted more freedom to run the offense. He's going to get that. Be able to stay at Notre Dame and over double his previous pay grade and be able to run the offense more how he wants to. Okay? The recruits are happy. The recruits' families and parents are happy. The current players are happy. Everybody got what they wanted. Everybody got what they wanted. All the news and the stress and the rumors and what about this and what about that. I'm sitting here thinking, right now, everybody got what they wanted. I got what I wanted. I got what I wanted. So, and it seems Kelly did too. So good for him, I guess. Right? I never in my life can recall this kind of unanimous support for any major Notre Dame football decision. Everybody seems to be on board with this. That collective positive vibe energy means more than you can measure or put into words. At least that's how I see it. And that's what we got going on. The collective vibe couldn't be better right now. Okay. The Notre Dame hating trolls. This has been a very fun dynamic for me to see. The Notre Dame hating trolls were all out in full force ripping us for our coach leaving in a playoff haunt for better, better pastures or whatever. So they wanted to make fun of us for it. But now we're thrilled that it's happened. So them trying to make fun of us, I had people tweeting me, oh, you can't keep your guy. And I'm going, yeah, great. Love it. Been waiting for it. Been asking for it. Fantastic. Deal. Okay. Deal. So it's been really fun for me to see those people want to rip us, but then they notice we're all happy, so then they can't rip us. Now they think our new coach might be the next up-and-coming big thing, so now they're all mad about that. It's blown up on those trolls epically, and I, for one, am here for it, and I love it, and I embrace it, okay? It's fantastic. They want to rip us, but they can't because we're happier than we were before. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. This, what has transpired in many ways is a best case scenario. For once, everything with the timing, as weird as it was, worked out for Notre Dame in a big way, that in a, in a way that sometimes it just doesn't. Who went where, who's still playing, who's unavailable. It just all worked out leading to a path to Marcus Freeman it's just meant to be, people. 
It's just meant to be. Now, getting Freeman obviously was a big thing, the biggest thing, the main thing. Retaining all of the most key elements to this staff is the absolute cherry on top that makes this absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I am sitting here now looking at this going, this could be the best thing that ever happened to us. Maybe we do need to get Kelly a statue for building a good foundation and then leaving and letting the next guy take it to the next level. I'll give him a statue if that happens before I give him one for what he's done in Notre Dame with no trophies in the case I care about in a dozen years. Unless you care about the Camping World Bowl, I, for one, do not. So, Reese, Bayless, Elston, Mickens, McNulty, Taylor, others I'm forgetting, this could have all blown up into a total nightmare. And instead, it ends up being my best case scenario, exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I wanted. Now, what I want to do next is, while I'm saying what just happened is the best case scenario for where we're at and how this shaped out, it would be irresponsible for me not to address the worst case scenario that could come out of the decisions Notre Dame's made this week to make Freeman head coach. Let's go over that downside. The only downside anybody could come up with in regards to hiring Marcus Freeman as that head guy, it's nothing to do with personality, effort, recruiting, or anything. It's very simply the risk that you're hiring a guy who's never been a head coach before, and you're walking into one of the biggest primetime programs of all time in Notre Dame. That's a lot to ask. What if this goes horribly wrong, crashes, and burns? What is that downside scenario of hiring Freeman. Here's what I see as the worst case scenario. You learn that he's just not the best CEO, delegator, head coach, and you learn that, and that doesn't work out, and he either has to go back to be in the DC, go take a head job somewhere at a lower level or whatever. Not a lower level, but a different school, maybe not Notre Dame uh, premier brand or whatever. So let's say that happens and you just learn great DC, great recruiter, just not the best head guy. Fine. He would be leaving with a roster stacked with a ton of great talent. If the worst case scenario is he's a fantastic recruiter, not a great head guy, and he leaves... And, and the cupboard's full of great talent, I can live with that. Because the upside is a championship with this guy. That's the upside. So if the downside is that it doesn't work out, but there's a ton of elite talent in the program, I'll deal with that. If that's the downside, sign me up. That's a no-brainer. Because the upside's getting over the hill and winning something that matters. Winning something that matters, okay? So that's really the only main question with him is how is he going to handle that? He's got tremendous instincts, a great personality, very approachable, very, I just, I'm in love with the guy's personality, how he speaks, how he communicates. It comes off genuine. It comes off real. You can feel that. That is not what we're used to here.
That's a new vibe. That's a new vibe. Okay. So what I think you do is you run with this. Reese and Freeman, you can lean on guys like Elston that are not head coaches, but are they're not, they're old heads. Elston's seen a lot. I think Reese and Freeman can learn from him or lean on him in certain situations. He's just seen a lot more football than they have. I think that guy could help them in this transition. So the momentum's up, the vibe's up, the energy's up. Everything is looking good right now. The arrow's pointing straight up. Pointing straight up. This vibe, the vibe from the players, the recruits, the alums, the players' family, us fans, everybody, the media, all of that. This vibe, this feel we all have now. This feel is the feel that helps get your group to play better on the field than the sum of their parts on paper. This family feel, this close-knit, this, this togetherness, this legitimate family feel we have now, that is the energy and the vibe we've been missing. I'm going to say it again. That vibe is how you get your group to play better than the sum of their parts on paper. And that is one big concern I've, issue I've had with Kelly. In the biggest moments, we do not play our best games. And I've always had a problem with that. Some of it's talent disparity, I know. But there was a spark missing, a piece missing that's been bugging me for years. And I've been talking about it for years. Okay? This vibe is the one you want, the one you need, the one you win with. It's exactly what we need. And this is hard to explain when I've been doing these shows and trying to convey my frustrations with Kelly. Things are really, really good, but they're not elite. Something's missing. That energy shift, that vibe, it's different now. And I think that's a very healthy, good thing. Okay. Another note. I want to thank the people that have personally reached out to me the last couple days and said, I know everybody's all over this now, but I'm not going to forget that you were the first or one of the first people I ever saw bringing this idea of Freeman as the head coach into existence. And people have been saying, good call. You were right on everything you said you felt on him is exactly how Notre Dame feels. That's why he's going to be the next coach. So I appreciate the people that did pay attention and remembered. How long ago did I bring this idea up? 10 months ago. And I know that because I brought up the YouTube video. It was 10 months ago. One month after Marcus Freeman was hired, I started seeing the recruiting results. I started seeing his personality. I started seeing how other people were talking about him. I had recruiting insiders telling me how much the recruits' families fell in love with him. All of that within a month of him being on campus. Right then, I had a feeling. I just did. An intuition, a feeling that this guy was different. I took a risk sharing that one month into his Notre Dame tenure, saying he should be the next guy after Brian Kelly. 
And I had a lot of people push back. You're being emotional. You don't know what you talk about. Notre Dame will never hire a guy that young with no experience. The whole time I said, this guy is different. This situation is different. It was at that time I also started. Hashtag the Freeman factor. Yeah, I said I started it 10 months ago. Not 10 hours ago. Not two days ago. Okay? 10 months ago, I was on this. So, I am not saying this to brag. I appreciate the people who remembered it. I also appreciate the people who reached out to me about the Freeman Factor phrase. And do I have a trademark on that? Because I started it 10 months ago. Not two days, not a week, 10 months. Okay? I don't have a trademark on it. I, I have bigger fish to fry than a few commission dollars off t-shirt sales. This was more to get the point across all these months of where this needed to go. That's what this shirt was about. Seems like I was on the right path and I love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you though to the people who did reach out and go, you had a good call on this one a really long time ago. Before, way before everybody else was on it. Thank you for noticing. Appreciate it. Okay. So, yes. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm so excited. I'm just not used to this. I am not used to hitting record in this studio and just being on cloud nine and love everything going on with Notre Dame. That's a, that's a, that's a new concept for me. Okay. So, let's move on to something else. On to Captain Jack. I rip Swarbrick when he does dumb things, such as give away a football game that could be in Notre Dame Stadium to move it to some neutral site in some city because you feel like it. I will never agree with doing that. You want to give away a, an away game and agree to go somewhere, fine. You never move a game away from Notre Dame Stadium if you can have a game in Notre Dame Stadium. I rip Jack when he does dumb stuff. But I'm fair. I also have to credit him when he does well. Great job here. Two days is pretty quick. We still don't have an official official announcement because I understand the priest who signs the checks is overseas at the Vatican visiting the Pope. So credit to Jack for not overthinking this. The answer was in front of him and it was obvious the entire time. Also, credit for doubling Reese's pay, giving him more than LSU was going to offer for him to stay with the package deal, him and Freeman. Okay. Great job, Jack. However, I got one question I got to ask. I just have to ask it because it makes no logical sense to me. I've been reading and hearing over and over. How Brian Kelly and Swarbrick argue over football facilities, renovation at the Goog, how that's going to get done, all that kind of stuff. Here's what I don't get, you guys. Every single time I step foot on Notre Dame's campus, everywhere I look, there's a fancy new building being built. Every time I'm on campus, there's a fancy huge building somewhere that wasn't before. Or one being built. Do that next time and slap football on the front of it. Why is this so hard? 
They're building buildings all over. Put a football sign in the next one. Why is this so hard to get done? Notre Dame prints money. Why are we in a situation where facilities are an issue? Okay? No offense, but it just seems obvious to me. You, you got a new building every month. Slap football building on it. Eliminate this issue. I don't get it. They swim in money. Give the football team what they need to succeed. If it wasn't for the football program succeeding, nobody would give a shit about Notre Dame. That's a fact. If it wasn't for early football success, it'd be like a million other tiny private colleges, Catholic schools. So you owe it to build whatever they need to get over the hump. So I don't understand that dynamic. Next big building, the donor croaks, leaves $400 million to build the building, slap football on the front. I don't get it. Anyways, so far, these bullet points have all been really pretty upbeat. Well, except for the last one, that little rant. But so far, all these bullet points have been pretty upbeat because this is the happiest I've ever been big picture of my entire existence. That being said, you guys know how I am, especially if you've been around here for a while. You know how I am. As good as all of this is, some people need to be called out for some things with all this. And we're going to do that now. Come on, you guys know me. I couldn't go the whole show and have it all be good. I got to yell about something or I'm not being true to myself. Number one, Brian Kelly, he did a lot of good things. And I am thankful for that. The way this exit was handled killed any goodwill that he'd built up, in my opinion. If he won a title here and left, I'd look at it differently. But he didn't, and then he left. So, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. And you don't get no statue at Notre Dame. The way you left and not winning a championship, you don't get a statue, pal. Sorry. Now... I'm not saying terrible coach, blah, blah, blah. He built us a stable program post-2016. I respect him for that. That's where it ends, though. That's where it ends. And he knows the bridges he burned by the way this all transpired. Those are decisions he made. It is what it is, and we all keep it moving. I'm not building him a statue in Notre Dame. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? No. The fact that so few of these assistants want to go with him to LSU, I think is very, very telling in a lot of ways. You got guys that have been with Kelly decades that have decided, I'm not going to LSU with Kelly. I think you could read some things into that. Kelly... Kelly's always been a quirky, weird kind of dude. It feels like he just had some midlife crisis overnight, the way this all came. LSU does seem like a weird fit, but whatever. He got what he wanted. I got what I wanted. So everybody should be happy. But what I'm not open to is him coming back and everybody kissing his ass. No, you burn that bridge by the way this ended. Those are decisions he made. He's got to deal with the fallout. 
Thanks for getting the program where you did. Bye. And I hope you never win a game in the SEC. Ever. Zero. No wins. Okay? So, I... <clears throat> I don't know. It's bizarre. Kelly's a weird dude. That is my biggest conclusion in all this Brian Kelly experience in my life all these years, over a decade. Brian Kelly's a weird dude. That, that's my ultimate conclusion. He just is. Next point. I always say sports teams need media like me. Not specifically me. I'm not that important. I mean other people, everybody who does what I do. Follow these teams, but not on an insider, I'm in the interview room level. Okay? Unlike that set of media. With me, you know you're going to get the truth and the unfiltered truth. I have no angle that benefits me. I have no access to lose by saying something bad about the program and they don't let me in the next press conference. You know, I piss off the head coach. My question doesn't get called and then I don't have a story to write, whatever. I don't have those problems. I don't have to worry about that. What you get from people like me is the truth. No spin, no sugarcoating. Okay? Now that Kelly's gone, many, not all, many ND insiders, the actual people in his press conferences, are starting to tell stories about Brian Kelly and how he was. These stories never leaked before. You know why? Because their paychecks depended on it. They, they just couldn't say stuff that was going to piss off the head guy. That's their bread and butter. So all the stuff that if you are connected at all, you are hearing through these channels, but it wasn't reported because these guys, they got to make a living. You piss off the head coach, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. So that's why I always say, I can't fully trust these writers who rely on access and good grace to report. The snow shoveling story was a Kind of an ugly one. Not having full staff meetings. Many players saying they had no relationship with him. Only their position group guy. Lazier recruiter than anybody wanted to ever admit. And the biggest thing that hurts me. Because you can't manufacture this. A lot of these reporters are saying... They strongly could tell and feel that Kelly never genuinely had a love for Notre Dame. It was a football job, but not a true, passionate love for Notre Dame the way Lou Holtz had. Okay? Now, I can't fully blame Kelly for that. You can't grow that love for Notre Dame if you didn't almost have it in you at some point from somewhere. I, I don't know. But... All this truth comes out now. And I just hate that it was all bottled up and people would tell me these things. But then when I put it out, people would go, oh, no, nobody. I'm not hearing that from the main media. Nobody's saying that. You're exaggerating. No, I was not. And no, those people were not. So all this truth comes out now. And it's a little frustrating to me. But that is why I say you need people to do it the way I do. Because you, you can't trust 
You're getting the full scoop of the vibe over there when these people got to stay in their good graces. Okay? So, this is bad news for the staunch Kelly supporters while he was at Notre Dame. Everything people said they didn't like about him is now becoming more public. The personality stuff. But these BK supporters... Listen, I respected what he did, but he wasn't elite. And that's what I kept saying. We're not getting over the hump. That's my problem, okay? So anybody who said Kelly's doing fine, he could reach the ultimate goal at Notre Dame, whatever, you're clearly proven wrong because Kelly didn't even think he could do that. So there's no way you could if the guy involved didn't think it, okay? So he did a lot of nice things. I'm appreciative of that. But we need a new vibe. We needed a new vibe. Stable but stale is how I would describe our program the last couple of years. Stable but stagnant. Stable but stale. Needed a spark to get us over the hump. Now we have it. Marcus Freeman's personality is that spark. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. So... I I don't mean to rip people in the media going back to that. I know it's their jobs. It's tough to walk that line. But now they're publicly saying on their podcast all the stuff people been privately telling me for years. Nobody wanted to believe because these people weren't reporting it. Now they all are. So I feel better about that personally. Because I've had years and years and years of people pushing back on me on all these things. How many different people got to say it is what it is for you to believe it? It's all coming out now. Next, the national media, the Chicago media, totally disconnected from Notre Dame and it shows. Totally. Just, you could tell they all knew this is Notre Dame, so it's going to be a big story. Get a lot of clicks, get a lot of views, get a lot of listens. You could tell the people totally had no connection to this at all, but felt obligated to cover this story. An example of that would be the local Chicago rate talk radio stations. Right away, it sure enough, it turned into, how long is it going to take till they call Pat Fitzgerald? You got to get him over to Notre Dame. He'd be a good fit. Academic kids, all this stuff. Totally out of touch. Totally disconnected from reality. Knew it was a big name story. Had to talk about it. It was appalling. I'd get excited like, oh, they're going to talk about this. Just outdated, antiquated, no inside, nothing. Nothing. They were targeting Pat Fitzgerald. And if Notre Dame hired Pat Fitzgerald now, you'd never see her hear from me again. That'd be it. Nice knowing you. Gone. Poof. I'm done with this. Never hear from me again if they did that. Like a total disconnect. Now, I am going to leave you with this one final pointed rant at somebody, okay? This is directed to that snaggletooth dinosaur CFP chair Gary Farda and his group of geniuses in a back boardroom at the Holiday Express. Tuesday, this idiot got in front of all of America 
and said that it is possible that if Notre Dame did not have a head coach in place by the time they vote for the final CFP rankings, even if Notre Dame, the wins and losses all happen to where Notre Dame has a chance to get in, this snaggletooth old weirdo got up there and said, you know, the CFP has media obligations for TV. And if there's not a head coach to be able to do those media interviews, that could negatively impact Notre Dame's final ranking. That is what this idiot said on national TV on BSPN. That is absolutely sickening and astonishing to me. This is all you need to know about these clowns. They are exposing themselves for the 100th time. It isn't about what's best. It's about their money, their perception. Anyone smart would say, what a unique, fantastic story that a team with a head coach who left out of nowhere in the middle of the night, in the middle of a, the week of a playoff run beginning, has made the playoff. What a great story. We can make some great content out of this unique dynamic. Also, not to mention, this is a brand name. It's Notre Dame. Any non-idiot could see the uniqueness and the goldmine of that situation on TV interviews and the media leading up to the playoff. Okay. But no, not this genius. Let's punish the players. Let's punish those kids because Kelly decided to leave out of nowhere. So we're going to punish the kids and not let them in the playoff because Kelly had a midlife crisis. Some people buy a Corvette. Others buy a golf membership they can't afford. This guy upped and left for Louisiana in the middle of the night. That's what he did. So they're going to punish the kids for that. So Gary Farda is telling you, rather than cover this once-in-a-lifetime unique thing where a team makes the playoff and has no head coach and the timing's all weird, but they made it anyways, rather than to cover that, which is awesome and everybody be interested in, he would much rather have another series of interviews with Brian Kelly sitting there saying, oh, I think this is the year we won't get blown out by Alabama because insert blah, 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 blah. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So this guy would rather get another nothing interview out of Kelly where he says the exact same stuff. LSU people are going to realize the hard way. The more Brian talks, the less Brian actually says. They're going to realize it. It's a shiny new toy now. But they're going to realize very quickly. The more he talks, the less the guy says. Okay. So this CFP sucks. This group sucks. I do not respect them. I hate them. I hate the process. They are awful and very, very not smart people. Okay. So as we conclude, this is absolutely glorious. Turned out even better than I imagined. 
I thought maybe we'd get Freeman and some guys go with Kelly. Other guys split off and do their own thing. Everybody I cared about coming back. Everybody I don't care about out. This is fantastic. This is amazing. The Freeman Factor era has begun. Buckle up because it's going to get real interesting real fast. Go Irish and hashtag the Freeman Factor. Let's go.